Welcome to Rooftop Church. This podcast is part of our Sunday sermon series, where each week we dive into the Word of God and the powerful message of Christ. What was revealed to you in darkness, revealed it in light. What was whispered in two years, shattered in the rooftops. Good afternoon, church. Good to see you guys. For all those that are joining through our YouTube live stream services, we welcome you. If you happen to be a visitor and checking out our service, uh, we want to encourage you to stick around and just uh, type in a a chat box and a member of our care team would love to connect with you and provide any information that you may be looking for and hoping that you may be connected and if you are searching for a church in this time. Uh, Let me share a couple announcements with you before we move on further with the rest of our worship program. I want to remind you that next Sunday is a very special day for us. We as a church get to celebrate sixth anniversary, meaning we are turning six. I know that it's a journey filled with faith and at times uncertainties and a good amount of trepidation, but God has been so good, so faithful, and it's just a wonderful opportunity for us to just really acknowledge God for all the good works that he has done in and through us. Also, we want to be able to have a time of uh, being encouraged by one another, so we invite you to come and uh, tune in. I know you've been faithfully tuning in every Sunday, but next week is going to be even more special. Amen? And we will be having a guest speaker all the way from Hong Kong, a Pastor Sam Song. He's a known pastor. He's a, a, a dear friend of mine and a dear friend of this church, and he will give us a, a special, special word as we acknowledge and celebrate our sixth anniversary. And we will also have gifts available and we will give you further information and instructions how you can take, uh, pick up the gift that we have prepared for our sixth anniversary. On January 31st, uh, we are having a joint outreach event along with North Hills Church here in the city of Brea, here in the main lobby of our church campus. And we are going to have a blood drive. So we've been promoting this for the past couple of months. And the last time we checked, we have about 17, 18 slots filled up. And we need a lot more than 17 or 18. Uh, I, th- I believe the minimum number is 30. Uh, so 40, 40. So uh, if you want to go forth with this, we are encouraging all of you guys, all of your rooftop church members to come. And on the day of January 31st, uh, we are going to do this from 11 o'clock, uh, 10 o'clock to 4 p.m. So sign up. And another... Uh, thing that you can look forward to along with a cookie, which I'm pretty sure they're going to give out that day for those that donate blood. Uh, that's my understanding. That's sort of my motivation as well. Along with that, they are providing a COVID antigen test, so antibody test. So that's extra motivation for you to come and consider donating your blood in, uh, in hopes to reach the community and relieve the community at large. All right. This coming week, we are having blocks, so in all six available locations, we are going to have a block meeting this week. So uh, make sure that you attend. If you have not yet attended, we look forward to having you joining us in this coming week. All right, church, would you turn your Bibles with me to the Gospel of Matthew? And we will look into a few verses in chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10, verses 24 to 28. And this is a reading of God's word. 
A disciple is not above his teacher, nor a slave above his master. It is enough for the disciple that he become like a teacher, and the slave like his master. If they have called the head of the house abusable, how much more will they malign the members of his household? Therefore, do not fear them, for there is nothing concealed that will not be revealed, or hidden that will not be known. What I tell you in the darkness, speak in the light, or what you hear whispered in your ear, proclaim upon the roof, uh, housetops. Do not fear those who kill the body but are unable to kill the soul, but rather fear, uh, fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Amen. Friends, would you bow your heads with me in prayer before we begin? God, we thank you for gathering us into your house, Lord. God, we uh, hunger after your truth. We hunger to uh, not only hear, but our hearts to be transformed by your spirit, God. God, teach us in this unique season so that we can continue to carry forth the mission that you have beautifully and, and, and endowed upon us, Lord. God, we pray not only for understanding in our hearts, in our minds, but God, we pray for the change and transformation in our hearts to take place, Lord. God, we dedicate this time unto you. Be with us, Lord. Be upon all of my friends that are tuning into this service, God, in their homes. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All of us have experienced that life just looks different now since the impact of the coronavirus. There are so many changes and adjustments that all of us have had to make during the course of the past 10 plus months. You know, certainly for me, in my case, church has also been no different, uh, meaning we've had to adopt to not meeting in person, moving 100%, 100 of our ministry avenues to the online platform. Along, with, along the way, we were tasked with the important assignment of reassessing what uh, what what should be considered the true essentials to constitute a church. Very important question, a very important uh, assignment that we've had to figure out along the way. But overall, I think we've done a pretty good job. We've done a decent job of maintaining and adhering to the core essential values of a Christian church. You know, thanks to the help of the available technology, we're still engaged in corporate worship. Uh, all of our small group meetings, which we call blocks, uh, we're meeting online. We're still committed to the task of developing leaders in the same house and also looking to serve the community at large. So I think we've, become, uh, we've been pretty nimble along the way, but also at the same time constantly asking ourselves, constantly wanting to figure out how we can be more effective, how we can be more impactful in not only the church body, but also the community uh, of faith at large. Along the same line, I can't help but to ask what it means to be Christian in this season. What does fulfilling the missional call of a follower of Jesus look like? What does that look like in this day and age? You know, perhaps the more poignant question is to ask, um, uh, question to ask is, how do we not neglect the call of being Christ's disciple and making an impact in the world that we live in? Let me say that again. I hope that this is a question that you also ponder with me as I have been pondering and wrestling with in the past few months. How do we continue to not neglect the call of being 
a Christ follower and still maintain to make an impact, significant impact at that in the world that we live in. And I was reminded this past couple of weeks to, to really ponder and reflect upon our mission statement, the mission statement of our church here at Rooftop Church. Uh, if you recognize already, the, the main text that I've read to you is particularly where we get uh, the missional, uh, mission statement for the church. And the mission statement for Rooftop Church is this, to boldly live out our faith in Jesus Christ, making an impact in the world both now and eternally. The essence of our church, the essence of becoming and being a member of this rooftop church is that how do we boldly, courageously live out our faith in Jesus Christ? And the purpose of that is to what? To make an impact in the world both now and eternally. You know, I have more time to reflect on this starting the end of last year. Around the same time, God really conveying on my heart, laying on my heart to really go from the mode of uh, surviving and going towards the life of being, being able to thrive in this unique season. Instead of waiting out for this coronavirus or this pandemic to end, and not, uh, please don't, don't confuse, don't confound my message as we should and not be safe. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying in spite of all the challenges that we are facing in the world now, how do we, in spite of that, how do we continue to make an impact in the world that we have called to? What can I do to still make a Christ-centered difference in the context of my life? How do I still heed the call to evangelize and be involved in the kingdom work of God? Meaning, how do I continue to live my life in such a way that so that all that God has revealed to me, that I may, I'm ready to shout it on the rooftops, making an impact in both here and now and onto eternity. In essence, this is going to be the driving force of the year 2021. God has placed on my heart to encourage and charge the rest of the congregation that we live in this year, a kingdom driven life amen meaning all the thoughts all of our thinking all of our doing all of what drives us as a church and as individuals as christ followers that we're going to be motivated we're going to be thrust forward driven essentially by that of the kingdom amen kingdom driven life well, I know that I'm not the only one who's been pondering this question for the last few months in this unique season. And I want to just bring up a friend of mine and a friend of yours, one of our members and here at Rooftop Church. I know that he's been pondering the same question. He's been wondering the same thing as God called him to play and to be the role of an evangelist, pastor, missionary. I really do believe he's a missionary. Um, you guys know David, David Kim. Uh, he's a, currently a campus field staff at Streamside Ministry. Uh, he's been doing his work for about three years. And the main work, uh, the main course of his ministry entails sharing the gospel with the high school students, the local high, student, uh, local high school students. And he's also uh, been tasked with the role of equipping students 
and particularly student leaders, to evangelize their own campuses. Quite a unique uh, call and mission for his life. And I think his story, and I think his story can be, uh, his testimony can be a good encouragement, also a challenge for us, for all of us here at Rooftop Church. So I'm going to invite him, and I hope that you are encouraged and also challenged by his testimony and and his journey in this unique season dealing with the pandemic. So church, friends, would you welcome David Kim to the front with me? Well, thank you, Pastor Scott, for, I don't think introduced with that much love. <laughs> and so I think it's appropriate that I start with just saying thank you. Um, if you know me, um, you might have seen me around if you have taken a membership class in these past two years, but um, Rooftop has really been a family to me, and it's been a great support. Actually, a lot of the ministry could not have happened without this um, support. So thank you, really, for being my family and really being such a tindana support. Um, As Pastor Scott shared, my ministry does involve um, sharing the gospel to high school students and equipping high school students to share the gospel with their peers. And we had such great plans. Like we were going to, you know, coach these Christian clubs. We're going to get these gymnasium packed and hundreds of students and get these local pastors in. And in a manner I'm sure you can relate to, the year didn't really turn out like that, right? Um, in the beginning, it was, oh, like, no, no more large gatherings. So club meetings canceled. So we're like, okay, fine. Like, we'll pivot. We'll, 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 we'll do some sort of series. Uh, we'll maybe do it in the classroom or whatever. And then uh, no, outside, uh, like no outside people in schools allowed. Okay, cool. It's okay. We'll say sorry to the pastors. We'll, we'll train the student leaders. And then, like, the hammer fell, right? Schools canceled. Like, how do you plan around that? Like, school was just canceled. Like, what? Like, there's no way I can, like, what do you do? You know, there just isn't school. And I had to just wrestle with the absolute and utter collapse and destruction of every plan I had. And to be honest with you, I I had to grieve. And and I share with you that because I, I resisted grieving. Okay, I resisted grieving for a long time. I was like, we'll make it work somehow. You know, we'll adapt. We'll, we'll, we'll do this. We'll do that. Plan B, plan C, plan, plan F, plan G. And then I was just delaying the inevitable until I really had to grasp the fact that, no, this, this isn't happening. It's just not. And the second reason I had to grieve, because to be honest with you, I was kind of bitter. I was kind of bitter against God. Okay, I, I hope that God would somehow come in and, and save the day and miraculously reopen the schools. I don't know, something, you know? Like, God, these are all these great plans I made for you, technically. And God, till the end, didn't do what I hoped he would, and schools closed. And there was a bitterness in my heart, and there was this feeling of, man, I'm useless, I'm ineffective, I'm lost, I'm confused, and the grieving had to happen for me to really become honest with God again. And the third reason why I had to grieve was because 
it was in that grieving where I met the Lord, right? It was in that grieving when I just had to accept the fact that it's not happening. And I was just sad. I was sad. I allowed, I was encouraged to be sad. I was encouraged to grieve. And in that, finally, God allowed me to see that as I let go of what I planned God to do, God was free to show me what he planned for me to do. I, I, it, it was painful, don't get me wrong, but as finally God encouraged me to grieve and let go of what I had scheduled God to do, God was able to finally show me where he was actually leading me right now. And through tear-soaked eyes, I was able to see some of the most open and ready and ripe fields for the harvest as I've ever seen. But the harvest really is ready and plentiful, and the workers are few. I, I say that because what would have taken like three to six months pre-COVID, it takes like three days, okay? So, so what I mean by is, is you know, when, when you talk with somebody, to bring up the topic of uh, grief, let's say, death, loss, confusion, anxiety, fear, uncertainty about the future, like these are all great open windows for ministry and for gospel, right, obviously. But to get your conversation to that point usually takes a lot of relationship building. Of course it does, right? It takes, in my experience, around two to six months. And then maybe you can kind of ask, oh, what are you, you know, and get real responses. These days, I, it takes like three minutes. Ask, how's your family? How's your health? How's your family's health? What's going on? And suddenly these great, deep conversations that would have taken months and months of work are just like, it's there already in like three minutes. The, the field is as open. People's hearts are as vulnerable, as, as, as open, as available, and also as in need of the gospel as I've ever seen it. The field is really white onto the harvest, and the workers are very few. So I just want to share with you just quickly three um, paradigm shifts or like changes in my thinking that God has really induced in my life for this season that has really helped me to be missional. Uh, it might not be the exact case for you, obviously, but this is what God has done in my life, and I hope it helps you. Right? The first shift was this idea of mass in shifting to personal. Right? So my idea of ministry was I got to share to lots of people, right? get the big event, get the great speaker, you know, get, get, the, get the food or, or whatever, right? and get lots of people and present them, and that's, like, that was ministry for me. Right? But I, I coach a Christian club in Bonita High School, by the way, and I was coaching, and it was like two weeks after, we're done, right? Pack up shop, we're going home, we're done. None, none of everything that we worked for for the last four months, it ain't happening, right? And I can tell you it was a very awkward Zoom meeting, right? The cabinet member and I'm sitting and we're sort of, sort of what's next, right? For the first time in my life, I didn't have an agenda going into that. You know, I usually have a, you know, per, minute by minute, right? We got to do this, A, B, C, D. I didn't have any of that. And we got into the meeting 
And the president of the club, she goes, we still want to share the gospel. We still want to minister to people. How do we do it? And of one, I was like, oh, man, I'm so happy I'm working with people like you. Because <laughs> that didn't even occur to me. But so we started planning. And you know, like, in the absence of the ability to do any events, what we came up with was, basically, we were doing something like this before. It's called Pray Five, right? You pick five people in your life to basically pray for and to seek out active conversations with. Okay? And we did that. And recently, I got um, an email uh, from a student. I will not say his name, right? But it was like, hey, David, um, uh, the club launched that thing you know, through Zoom, right? We're all encouraged to contact Five. And the moment I heard it, I thought about my cousin. And I haven't seen my cousin for like years and years and years. We used to live together, and now we're kind of separate, family, complicated business. And I just thought of him. So I thought I'd let you know. I called him up, and I texted him. And we got into a talk, and he's having a really rough time. And I don't know what happened, but I just ended that conversation saying, hey, you want to check out church with me this weekend? And he's coming to church for the first time in 17 years. And I want you to pray for him and pray for me. I, I got that. <laughs> oh, I'm summarizing a very long email, but I got that email. And I'm like, this is the time to personally reach out to people you have not reached out to. Like, it is being, I mean, this is one of many stories I could share. I don't have time. But right now, the, 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 the fancy stage, the, 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 the high power, you know, speaker is not the vehicle that people are experiencing the gospel through. It's through Zoom calls. It's through texts. It's through people that they have known but haven't checked in. It's just a random text saying, hey, you want to have a Zoom call with me? I just want to check in and see how you're doing. How's life? And that shift has become very helpful to me in being missional. The second is kind of related. Um, it's this idea to go from presentation to discussion or, or presentation into conversation, right? Um, because for me, before, ministry was about information transfer, right? I have these things, these points I need to communicate. That's ministry. These are the things they need to know, right? So honestly, when I'm in the discussion, a lot of times I wasn't really listening. What I was listening for was entry points, right? Oh, take that statement, uh, go this way, and then I get to say what I want to say, right? It, it, it was basically presentation in discussion form. I called a, a random friend. I, I haven't, because I'm telling my high school students to do this, so obviously I can't not do it either, right? So I, I called a college friend. I haven't seen him for like three years, right? I didn't call him, obviously. I emailed him saying, hey, you want to catch up over Zoom? And he was like, yeah, sure. And we had an hour Zoom call, and he's going through some stuff, you know? And for the first time, I didn't have an agenda. You know, I had nothing to invite him to, right? <laughs> this was not some sort of disguise, like, actually, come to. I had nothing to invite him to. I, I, I had nothing to sell him. I was just there because he put, God put him in my life to care. And as I listened about him losing his dad, his financial instability, his fear for the future, I just actually just got to listen. And as he talked, I, I, you can see God like telling him stuff. <laughs> you know? like, as he talks, he's like, oh, but you know, I kind of know this is true. I'm not doing anything. I'm just going, 
Mm -hmm. <laughs> but God is ministering. I realize right now, at least in my field and high school students, they are more lonely, more isolated, and more talked at than ever before. Okay. They're tired of talking heads. That, that's all they get for like seven hours a day. They just sit and then open Chromebook and teacher A, teacher B, teacher C, talking head, talking head, talking head. And, and they're sick. And they just feel so not listened to. And there is such great power in saying, I am actually interested in what you're going through right now. I just want to listen. I'm not here to present. I'm here to listen and have a conversation with you. And I sensed that God was in me who was in present with this person, if that makes sense. The conversation had very little Jesus. I don't think Jesus, I think Jesus came out like once. But I still believed it was full of gospel and it was full of ministry. People are hungry for people to listen to them, not talk at them. And right now is such a great opportunity to do so. And the last shift is, it's, this is more abstract, I guess, but like from heroism to empathy, and this is related to, right? This is, I find not the time to be like, I can fix everything, or God can, can God fix everything? Yes. But right now, people are hurting more than ever before. I got a contact from New Jersey um, from a, a friend of mine. And like his dad passed away, and none of his family can come to the funeral. Because, you know, and like, like, I think, like, what, four people were there? And like, this is not the time for heroism. This is the time for empathy, right? This is a time to just be there and say, I grieve for that. And man, that really, really sucks. How are you doing? How are you doing? And that's such great ministry. <laughs> it really is. You know, he would never have contacted me out of his own. He was the kind of person yet to like drag to church, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, and like, but when you offer empathy right now, people are willing to open up their hearts. And I don't, know if, I don't know if this is a coincidence or not, but exactly when I sense that personal conversation is the most effective way to minister, suddenly every member of my high school club has a Zoom account. Coincidence? I don't know. <laughs> right? But it's, that it's, they're the most equipped to have personal conversations at the exact same time when the most People I've ever seen are in hurting, are in loneliness, are in isolation, are in need of personal conversation. It really is. So our, 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 our Christian club, my ministry, it, it really pivoted, right? We are not, at least for this season, this is not about getting the right message across. It is about presenting that I care about you enough to spend an hour on camera with you and listen to you and show empathy because God cares. God really does. I want to kind of close with maybe two tips from the field, you can say, uh, tips from the, uh, my experience. One, right now, at least for high school students, it is the most easiest that it has ever been to invite someone to church. Okay? You don't have to work out rides. You don't have to work out logistics. Like, it's literally like, hey, 
get on the Zoom call with me 30 minutes before, I chat with you, like we'll catch up, we'll watch the service together, and then we'll talk about it afterwards. It's like the most painless process to invite someone to a church service I've ever seen. My goodness, right? Every high school student I coach right now can realistically invite all of their friends to, to go to church with them. That's crazy, right? That's crazy. So it has become the easiest time, I think, to invite someone to church. Uh, and secondly, I love the fact that Zoom allows you to schedule meetings, right? It literally allows you to slot your life. Hey, hey, that four or five, like, that's, that's you and me time. I care about you, I love you, and I want to check up with you and see how you're doing. These conversations the high school students tell me is so life-giving. And in my own personal life, it has been life-giving. Because if, and I guess that's the last thing I learned in this season, is that, yes, I was trying to be missional. One, because my high school students were trying to be missional and I could not be missional, right? But as I was trying to stay on mission, as I was going, hey, God, where are you leading me? I was tempted, more than anyone else, I was tempted to go into survival mode, right? I was, I was gonna be the first one to be like, hey, let's just wait. This year's a loss, it's cool, cut our losses, chill, wait for the normal to come back, right? Wait for the crisis to pass, wait for this thing to blow over, wait for normal to come back and then we go back to ministry. And thankfully my students were more in tune with God than I and didn't let me. But as I got on that journey, as difficult as it was, I realized that this is a golden time for ministry, not just for others, but for myself. This pressures of COVID has pushed to the surface all the illusions of control and pride and, and manipulation, all these dark things in my heart that I could normally keep hidden from the Lord, it just squeezed it out. My bitterness at, that, at the fact that I can't control God. And God was doing great ministry, yes, to others, but to me. As I tried with God's grace, as I was encouraged to be missional in this season. And I, and I hope that encourages you. And I hope that blesses you. Well, thank you so much for this time and thanks for allowing me to share. I miss you guys and I look forward to the day when we get to meet in person. First of all, I tried my best to convey to David that he didn't have to be rushed. And even though I had the microphone, I wanted to convey to him that he could take longer. But, and um, I, I wanted him to share more stories, which the, the ones that he shared with me, because they're so, so personal and, and so encouraging. You know, I, th I think it was really helpful. I think I'm so honest and so real. And, um, you know, what, when I spoke with him uh, earlier, like I think end of last year, that all of this journey, like he had to pivot around the fact that uh, he himself was so affected. He himself was so affected by the things that he could no longer do. And he felt uh, disabled. He felt crippled uh, by, for, for him, you know, for us, evangelism oftentimes can be what? Uh, something that we can. It becomes a, almost a luxury. It's like we will do so, we will attend to it when we can. But uh, for people like David and myself we're, who are in full-time ministry, 
This becomes our like, uh, this is what uh, drives us. This is what gives us the sense of worth even. And, and he's had to fight through a season of, man, I, I, everything that I've known to do, everything that God has called me to do have been taken away. But the, the, the change and the shift happened when, hey, let's not stay in this current state, but there's got to be something that we can do in this season. And I love the three shifts that he talked about. I love, I, I think they're uh, going from mass to personal, presentation focus to going now into discussion, and then um, heroism to empathy. I think all those three points really, really um, uh, strike home for me because it, 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 caused us, it, it causes us to simplify our mission. It causes us to force, it forces us to think, uh, get down to the bare minimum, the very essence of what we can adhere to doing in this season. And I love that. The conversation of eternal life, the conversation of the importance of salvation, uh, these topics are more relevant than ever before. People are able to uh, delve, delve into these uh, deep faith, faith-based discussions because, like David alluded to, I think people contemplate life and death a lot more than ever before. And there's this increased sense of like, you know, you know what? I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what really is happening in the world. But, man, I want to be ready when that time comes. And I know that I think that's what it means by the harvest is ripe. The harvest is ready. You know, I would hate for us, as, uh, as with all great messages and sermons and testimonies, I would hate for us to not respond in doing something about it. I, I hope David's story, I hope David's personal journey doesn't leave us uh, just uh, being encouraged or being, uh, you know, uh, uh, have a good story and then and there's nothing to it. We celebrate that story, but I hope that that his story and his testimony can impact us and, and launching us to a, a particular change and transformation that we see even in our own lives. You know, I ask, so I ask these following questions in response to that. What can the church do in response to what we have just heard? What can our church do? What does it mean to make an impact in this season? What are some practical things that I myself can be engaged in and bringing others to the gospel of Jesus Christ? So I, I want us to be even more specific, meaning what can I do? What should I do uh, to make a, Christ, a kingdom impact if I'm a, a teacher if I'm an engineer, if I'm a business person, if I'm a doctor, if I'm a husband and wife, what are some practical, practical things that I can do to bringing somebody closer to the encounter of the gospel of Jesus Christ? So I'm going to give uh, some examples here. I've listed four examples which I think you can participate in, and I can be also proactive in, in adhering to these actions because I know that even though that we can't go anywhere, even though that we feel disabled, guess who's, guess who's continuing to work? God has not stopped working. God has not stopped conveying his truth. So I really feel like these things, if we do them faithfully, we will see salvation happen. We will see conversions taking place in and through our lives. All right? Here we go. These are some of the things that I want to share with us, with you guys. Maybe you can adopt in your own personal life as well. First, 
Invite friends or family who do not yet go to church to attend online services. So whether it be your unbelieving friends or family members that are not members of a local church, invite them to, invite them to hop onto a live streaming service. Ask them to join. Talk to them on the phone. Text them. Send them the link. And David actually told me this. The secret is, God, is not to just invite them to, and letting them to attend the services. He says the secret of following is a follow-up. So make sure you, the best case scenario is that you watch in the same Zoom room or Zoom party. I think the, the watch party. So you go, go into the same Zoom and you provide the link and you're basically watching the church service together. And the real nugget to that action is what? Having a conversation as a follow-up to what you have just heard, what you have just witnessed. So try this. It's really easy to invite somebody. The, the fear factor of what? I, I mean, the, I, know, I, know, I know how it is. Like, you guys feel nervous. We're not bringing physically the person to church anymore. We can simply invite them to come and watch service online and share and process together of what the service was all about. Second, and this is something that I've begun to do in the past few months, is that act of kindness to your neighbors. Hit up your neighbor, reach out to them, and ask if there's anything that you can do for them. And I've, we've delivered food to our neighbors, of course, adhering to the safety protocols and, 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 and not uh, burdening them, but uh, my neighbors and I, we're exchanging food. And, 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 and all of that to let them know that they are thought of, they're cared for, and that we want to be intentional in sharing Jesus' love with them. And that's something that you can do, showing and providing acts of kindness to your neighbors. Third, how about checking up on your friends with phone calls? How about calling them up? How about video chatting with them? And allocating the time to sit and listen to their story. I think um, David made a point too. Don't just talk all the time, but make it a point where you are listening to their stories and hearing them and you showing interest in what they are going through. Allow them to unpack the stories on their end. And this one, I already have a list of people that I want to reach out to. And God has placed a, a special burden on my heart to reach out to my former college ministry members who I know that many of them are not a part of church ministry anymore. And God placed a special burden. And some of them I still have the same contact info. I'm just going to hit them up. I'm going to call them. And making sure that they are thought of in this unique season. And I'm really interested in seeing the, some of the things that they will unpack on their own when they're prompted to share their journey. And that's something that you can do. So inviting them to attend online services, showing acts of kindness, being loving towards your neighbors. Third, calling them, Zooming them, getting into a conference call or video call. Last but not least is you can pray for them. You can pray for them. I know it sounds so simple, right? So banal. Uh, but let's not neglect our duty as believers and followers of Jesus Christ, our duty to be engaged in heavy prayer, that we believe that when we pray, God will move. 
that the things that, the, the, the things that we contend in through our prayers, we will see being bound up in heaven, and we will also see that being bound up here on earth as well. Be reminded of Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13, where Jesus is teaching his disciples how to pray. They asked him, Lord, Rabbi, how should we pray? And Jesus simply teaches them, pray this way. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is already done, already completed and finished in heaven. So let's pray. Let's continue to contend on the behalf of those that have yet to come across the power and the love of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. And this season, more than ever before, evangelism and missions, these two tasks are no longer bound in the context of professionals, meaning the higher hands of pastors, missionaries. I believe that we will see this nation I believe that this world will see more conversions at the hands of, I'm going to say, regular churchgoers, non-positioned ministry leaders. So the kingdom of God's work, that the work of the kingdom of God is at the hands and the mercy of your involvement, meaning more than any other seasons before, what you can do in terms of evangelism missions will far outweigh what I can do as a pastor. Guys, I'm a pastor. You know, I've been in ministry for many, many decades, uh, more than two decades now, and I believe this is true. You have greater access to person who's ready to hear and receive the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ. And friends, this year, in the year 2021, let us strive to fulfill the assignment of God specifically given to us in Rooftop Church, that we will make an impact. We will no longer dismiss evangelism as, uh, as an assignment reserved for those that are fit for it. Everyone in your life, look around. There is someone that is waiting for you to reach out to them and share the wonderful news of Jesus Christ. So friends, would you participate? Would you say yes? Would you say, God, here I am. I am ready. God, use me as your vessel. God, use my lips. Use me as your mouthpiece, God. Use me, Lord. Commission me into my workplaces. God, anoint me. Strengthen me. Empower me. Give me the right words. Give me the wisdom to convey in a correct manner. But God, I will not stay silent. I will not be passive. God, we understand that the eternally, eternity is at hand, God. Help me to be driven by what you're driven by, God. That I know that your heart is beating, even right now. That none should perish, but all to come to salvation through your Son, Jesus Christ. Let us be the church that makes a difference in this world. Some way, somehow, 
they will see you in and through our lives. Amen? Church, let's pray. Would you bow your heads with me in prayer as we close? God, we carefully pray the prayer that you use us in this season. God, help us to be a little bit more daring, a little bit more bold in sharing Jesus with those in our lives. Help us not to shy away inviting them to church. Help us to share the truth that you have revealed to us so beautifully and so faithfully. And God, may the urgency of the kingdom be pressed upon all of our hearts now, Lord. That we are driven more than ever before, that we're driven by the urgency of the kingdom. And God, that we will see salvation. God, we will see transformation. We will see the impact of Jesus being made through our lives. So God, thank you as we commit this time. Use us mission us even now. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen.